0: everybody and welcome to this episode of Insights with Iberja Love. Um, on this episode we're going to be discussing your mental health and how it relates to our relationships with other people with ourselves and our family. So today I have a guest with me. Her name is Sophia Dr. Sophia um, she is a doctor in the UK. I'll let her introduce herself, what you guys want to hear. But the thing I will say is I met Sophia on... Um, there's this group we have, um, exclusive Matches, which you guys know um, she was on my first episode, Dr. Um, Ada, her exclusive Matches. So we all met there and we're doing um, Secret Santa around December. We're doing like a Secret Santa stuff and she was interested and we added her to it. And after that, um Sophia still asked for my address separately and sent me a Christmas gift. So since then we kind of chat when I put up something on Instagram and all. But I think why I chose her for this topic was I realized she's doing something on mental health awareness. And I've always wanted to discuss this in on my podcast. So I asked her are you going to be able to do this for me? And she was like, Yeah, I'll do it. So yeah. So Sophia, thank you for joining me today. Can you just Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Dara, for having me. Thank you for inviting me on this podcast. So like I said, I'm a medical doctor and um, I'm in the UK right now. I'm Nigerian and I have a special interest in public health, mental health, also research and just anything Related to health that is outside the hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, so, like You've left the clinical aspect. So let's do more of talking to those on the outside. Let's deal with what's going on, on the outside. That's the beauty of medicine, right? You don't always need to be in the hospital. There are different parts of medicine and you can as well give your own knowledge towards the different parts. Okay. Yeah. So yes, today's topic is my mental health and my relationships. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as usual, I'll just be asking you some things. And because you have this whole mental health background, I feel you have a bit more knowledge than me. So I'll just give my little, little knowledge, you know, then you'll now treat us all. (laughs) Okay. So the first one is, what does mental health mean to you? Personally, I like, I think it was when I looked at your, um, a day you put mental health and mental illness, like where you ask people, are they the same thing? And after looking at that, trust me, I went back and I really thought about it. I'm like, yeah, it's true. Why do people mix that up? You know, mental health just has to do with your well-being, you know, your emotions, yeah. your, your psychological. Um, at that mm-hmm. moment, it doesn't mean it's not an illness. So, yeah. like, it's how I feel, how I'm feeling at that moment. I might be feeling low doesn't mean I'm depressed. You know, yeah. I might be feeling very hyper. It doesn't mean I'm manic. It's just my mental health because I do not have a mental illness. But I'll let you give us more as Mm -hmm. you have the deeper knowledge.
1: So, yeah, like you said, um, mental health is different from mental illness. And mental health can also be referred to as mental Mm well-being. It's actually a a broad part of medicine. So it has to do with your psychological health, your emotional health, your social health, it, your social well-being, rather. Mm-hmm. It um, has to do with how you think, how you feel, how you behave, mm-hmm. and how all of this just affects your physical life. Okay. It has to do with how you um, relate with stress, how you deal with stress, your productivity in the environment. It also um, deals with how you contribute so just your everyday life. So, okay. yeah, like you said earlier, everybody has mental health. Everybody has mm-hmm. mental health. So, you might be feeling low, your mental health is low, does not translate to depression, which Perfect. is a mental illness. Okay. And you might be feeling really excited at a point, and that doesn't um, translate to a mania. Mm-hmm. You know? So, Everybody comes to different points in their mental um, well-being or their mental health at different stages in life based on whatever situation that is going on around them. Mm -hmm. But then it becomes a mental illness when the symptoms that you're experiencing go on for a long period of time and then it's actually affecting your um, physical well-being your productivity in your in your environment and your everyday life okay. so let's say you're feeling really low and this has gone on for weeks has gone on for months and then before you know what's happening you're no longer um, going to walk you're mm-hmm. no longer eating so you see now that it has affected your physical well-being you're not eating mm-hmm. Is affecting your productivity in the environment. You're not going to work. So that's, it's at that point now becomes mental illness.
0: That's when you say the person has like depression at that yes. point. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. But, but then, is there a difference between having a depressive episode and depression? So I think depressive episode has to do maybe it's your mental health that is low at that point, right? It's not yeah. like a diagnosis. So you're like, oh, I'm feeling a bit depressed. So yeah. that means it's just... Because I know that even with, for example, winter now, that's a period where people start to feel really low. That's where they say you, you have a seasonal affect. So, you know, your spirit, everywhere is gloomy. Because even for me, for example, I think there was a day I just, I was not in the mood of standing up. That full week, I was not in the mood of getting out of bed. I was like... Yeah. I used to walk out in the morning. I was like, I beg, I beg. I don't even mm-hmm. feel like walking out. I was not yeah. in well, my own, I was eating. I was eating more. Was, <laughs> it was not low, <laughs> you know. And I was sleeping. I was just like, it wasn't me, right? And I just realized, and I spoke to my friend. I'm like, wow, I think I'm going through, like, mm-hmm. a low period. I think, and it's like, you know, it's the weather and everything. The period where we lock down, everything, that is just, yeah, because the- yeah, I was like, ah. My depressed? I'm like, I bit come off it there. You're not depressed. You're just going through a period. And I, I think that's where a period I was like, okay, I had a very, I was, my mental well-being was low at that point. I wasn't yeah. really. So the next one is, is there a link between upbringing and mental health? Hmm. It's quite deep. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um that is a very interesting question to hmm. be honest. And, in the little time I've done, like, with, I've worked with mental health and uh, just, you know, from cases we've seen in class and everything, mm-hmm. there there is a huge relationship between okay. upbringing and someone's mental health. Okay. So we realized that, and if you check online, you'll see multiple articles, multiple mm-hmm. studies that are backing up this statement. So... Um, we are all science, me I'm are a scientific person, so I deal with facts and figures, you know, I deal with what I'm seeing. So yeah, there's a lot of research that has gone into this, and mm-hmm. children who go through traumatic childhood, who have come from homes, maybe divorce, or mm-hmm. where there was verbal abuse, domestic violence, mm-hmm. unemployment, yeah. somehow these people grow up and they are the ones who deal most with anxiety and depression okay. and also other forms of mental illnesses. But the most common are depression and anxiety. So yes, there is, there is a huge relationship there is a correlation between the upbringing of a child and their mental health eventually. Mm.
0: Cause me, for example, I just did psych rotation. So I think from little I've seen. I think when you look at the people that come with like borderline personality disorders, things like that. So now we're talking about mental health disorders. You think mm-hmm. when you look back, you realize that they had a very traumatic childhood. They had they had issues, and that was what kind of dealt them life and this is what they understand now and that is why they kind of behave the way they behave and they have ptsd things like that and it, and and i totally agree there is that that link um unfortunately there's really nothing anybody can do about it now but yeah yeah i totally agree yeah so, so
1: i just um, want to put like a disclaimer yes? it's not that these events that happened Mm-hmm. And what actually caused the mental illness? Okay. They are factors that contribute to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that the mental illness is all biological and has to do with is science, yeah. But all these other um, events that happen are just factors that make the situation worse yeah. or influence, have some kind of influence mm-hmm. on the um, this thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why even when you give them medications, they're like, this medication will not stop whatever is going on. It will just make you feel a bit better. But that situation that made you, your symptoms to get worse and all, if you don't deal with that, you know, you won't get better completely. So, yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, now that you're saying these things, it's making more sense to me. You know? (laughs) I'm quite a novice in these things, but (laughs) we learn every day. So that's why I like bringing professionals, people that are very knowledgeable, to give me more (laughs) insights. So that's why it's it's insights with Sibo You get it? (laughs) (laughs) So the next one, in your opinion, what are some of the things that can affect a person's mental wellness?
1: There are so many things that can affect mental wellness. Let me even start from myself now. This lockdown is affecting me.
0: Especially if you are single, you don't have like, <laughs> like someone that you can't be disturbing. the
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is affecting
1: me, mm-hmm. especially this second one that just this second and third one, rather because. Um in a city all by myself. I don't have friends. I moved to a new city in October. So I don't even have people that I know around me. Everybody is all new. I can't go out to make friends or anything. So yeah, lockdown is something that can affect your wellness. Isolation is something that can affect your mental well being. Like this one I see it all the time. I work in like a rehabilitation center. So I see a lot of, Like elderly, a lot of old people they are feeling so sad they are not able to see their family um, and members they are having anxiety they are saying oh please tell me it's going to be okay they just see that there is just a rise in all of that so isolation is is, is another thing that can affect your mental well being we've talked about um, your upbringing childhood trauma abuse Poverty. Mm. Ah. Oh,
2: finish.
0: When oh, you're broke. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Poverty well, should be number one. Poverty <laughs> should be kind of tough.
1: We <laughs> oh, yeah, a relationship, you know. <laughs> but then you see this money issue, financial issue. <laughs> this something that can affect your mental health too. It, with the lockdown, people have been let go at work. People have been yeah. followed. Yeah. It can yeah. just affect Your mental well-being, discrimination. Mm -hmm. If you're an immigrant, you're in a different country or a different state. Yeah, it can affect your mental well-being. Stress, bereavement, loss of
0: a loved one, heartbreak. I think heartbreak should be at the top of poverty because heartbreak. I think hmm, let's leave it. So that's to say, "Woman you know, matter is a very serious matter." Woman matter always messes it up. That's what <laughs> some people are not stress. like so when I hear that some people commit suicide after they broke that, I'm like, trust me, being there. The reality is that <laughs> Nigeria to the core. So, it's like that. and maybe I don't have like an underlying issue, right? So when you yeah, like yeah, that, like cause. Heartbreak. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a physical thing, though, if people don't know. It's very physical. very huh? no physical idea. You oh, have chest pain. Chest pain. You'll be watching. You'll start ruling out. I remember myself, I'll be ruling out. Am I having MI? Am I having... Am I having... You... You'll be that much Am I not again? i do not remember. Oh, it's true. that boy that broke my heart. It's making me
2: feel oh. <laughs> oh, God. I
0: agree. Yeah. When don't I
2: mess with your mental health.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. As we are the man and woman matter, let's go to the next one. So do you think yeah. relationships tend to have an effect on a person's mental health? Of course.
1: Yeah. Of
0: course. Yeah. It has relationships,
1: relationships are a huge part of mental well-being. They are a very huge part. And there are studies, mm-hmm. numerous studies that have shown that relationships, people... Who are in stable marriages where there's love, where there's care, where um, there's respect for each other. people who are in those kind of marriages their mental health and mental well-being is is better than people who are in unstable relationships. Mm-hmm. Then single people are the people who have the most stable mental health. Really? Yes, ah, I was because I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm even surprised you remain, I I'm, I'm you surprised
0: single. at this finding I we should remain single, we should, <laughs> we should leave them boys so that we can have stable mental health. see, I'm even
1: surprised like Are you serious? If, ah. they, the first day I they mentioned this in class,
0: I'm like, eh? Well, I, I think it's bad that they said that ah, if you're single, you will mm. not do well. You, 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 you books before you say it now that when you're married and stable and in a relationship, you have more probability to live longer and something like that. like someone yes. that is single. So now that yeah. I think that single have more stable <laughs> mental health. <laughs> are you trying to tell us something that we should <laughs> I was
1: I was equally surprised when the first time I heard about it and yeah. once again, like I said, it's facts. You can check online.
0: Yeah, and yeah we're like, scientists, we deal with facts. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but why do you think though? This is quite interesting. Is it because you're not thinking well, too much? You're not going through anybody's phone. You're sleeping at mm-hmm. night, doing your thing. You don't need to think too much.
1: See, personally, uh, I think it's just because when when you're single, you're not you're not so stressed. Let's use an example now of the single gay me now. Mm-hmm. Put, now, put it out there, single. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I wake up in the morning. Anything I see to eat in the house is what I will eat. If okay. there's no food, I will drink water. Abby. Now imagine if I'm married and I have kids. When I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking, What will my husband eat? What will my children eat? Children are going to school. What mm-hmm. would children eat mm-hmm. in school? How would they be? What will my husband have for lunch? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, everybody has gone out. Me, I have my own life to attend to, so I'll probably go to work. As I'm at work, I'm th- I'm still thinking, thinking all those kind of things. So you know, all this kind of stress contributes to your mental well-being. At the end of the day, you're tired, you're worn out. Meanwhile, me, that I'm a single pringle now, I would just it's drink so my water. I would <laughs> <laughs> just drink my water or drink my juice or if it's crackers, I have say, so I'll eat my crackers. <laughs> and just go to bed. If hunger catch me, no problem. If hunger does not catch me, you know. So you're not really stressed. Plus, the emotions when when you're with somebody, when you're sharing your life with somebody, especially if it's not somebody that is on the same page with you, it's going to be more stressful. It's going to take a toll on you because you're wondering why is this person not understanding me? Why am I not understanding this person? So all of that, you're just thinking, thinking. Plus. Every other factor that affects the uh, both of you. So I, I believe this is this is my personal opinion. It might be wrong, yeah, but I, I think that's why. Um, well, so I was
0: thinking, say, right, when you were saying something, I was thinking, what if your partner is quite supportive? Are you still going to be at the same odds? Like, will you still be that stressed? Will your mental health be still?
1: Crappy? No, but but then if if you have a supportive um, partner then you won't be as stressed if you're with and somebody... who is stressed,
0: I'm they're not single because they're still thinking about <laughs> somebody else's well-being. Because what you said makes sense. I remember when I used to work in and I won't lie, and I finished doing 4 days straight nights. Mm-hmm. I used to think to myself, my colleagues that have children, I say, how do this... Food. Because whenever I finish nights, once I enter my house, before COVID, like, mm-hmm. once I enter my house, like, as I'm even going home, I'm only seeing one thing, that my bed. Like, <laughs> Immediately, I get in my bed that morning. I just drop. Even sometimes, that's if I'm able to take off my clothes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just fall on bed. Like sometimes I take off clothes and just fall on bed naked. Whenever I wake up, I will now go and. Sometimes I now wake up because I'm going back for night. Maybe I now wake up by mm-hmm. four pm for eight o'clock. Yeah. So I just arrange yeah. myself. I was not thinking to myself, I like, what if I had children and I had mm-hmm. husband? How will I do this thing? At least if I had like a partner, I would be like. Babe, mm. I want to sleep. Anything you want to do, you can do. Anything you want to do, if it will work for you, do but me, I'm sleeping. So the mm. body is there if you will do anything or but when you start mm. having children, how? With the child here, mommy, I came back. What's the they child's do business? How to eat. <laughs> you know. So imagine all that stress.
1: Mm. And then you imagine you now have a
0: partner
1: that is not supportive
0: yeah of I course your, your yeah. mental health is going to suffer so much go down a lot yeah. okay should you bring your mental health journey in a relationship especially at a at the beginning so like i think one what, what this question just is that for example you have maybe a mental health disorder you
2: mm-hmm. know maybe for
0: example you have a history of anxiety uh-huh. Like you've been diagnosed as having a, maybe generalized anxiety or maybe depression or something. Should you let your partner know about this at the beginning? Okay. so example, I just met this hot boy, like this, <laughs> like T.D.H. You know, all these boys that I used to say that. When you see them, you're like, yeah, this is hot <laughs> material. You don't even need to ask. But I have a history of anxiety, right? And we yeah. start, start and I'm like, ah, this guy, I'm taking him to mama. Like whether he likes it or not. So should I tell this guy that at the beginning? Because I won't lie. I will not. Let me not lie. I will not. I don't think it's the best advice, but you know, you just tell us. Because me, I will not. Let me just say my own mouth. He has got to the point of no return. I'll say, oh yeah, baby, I have a history of anxiety. <laughs> After you hooked him. In, you know, when you've got to that point, when this boy cannot do it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's true, I forgot to say um, Just put it out. Maybe one day people are even cuddling on the bed. You know, just, just it. Oh, yeah, babe, I have a history of anxiety. I'm diagnosed, yeah. I take medication for it.
1: <laughs> okay. It, uh, That's why I, I love the get baby. Answer, so I did
0: not tell you. I just I <laughs> I I said it earlier. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm on meds. Don't worry, I'm good. But what <laughs> do you think? What do you think the right thing should be?
1: Well, the truth is I'm not an expert on relationships Mm -hmm. but with my time with people who have mental illnesses Mm -hmm. we find out that because of the stigma that is attached to mental illness they don't usually open up to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. There are very few people who come out to say oh, I have depression or this is what I'm struggling with. There are very Mm -hmm. few people majority of them keep this to themselves and they don't tell their partners or they don't tell people who are interested in them.
0: But do you think, for example, okay, anxiety, but what if you had like maybe bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you have like the one that you, at least type two is still coming, but what if you had like type one, you know, where you get the mania, you get the depression Mm -hmm. and it's really... Out there, I know. I think they should tell their partners mm-hmm. because at what point though, what do you think? Let me know. Like, Let's use ourselves an example. Let's be yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because I know once that I think you also let me not use myself as an example. You know, <laughs> let me don't show myself. But yeah. I think it's very hard, actually, when we talk about we are Africans, let's be realistic. Imagine a yeah. guy yeah, walks up to you. And you guys go on the first date and you're okay, oh, I really enjoy myself, me, blah blah blah. People are getting to know each other. The same way me, I tell people from the beginning, tell us whether you have your genotype so you know if people are compatible or not wasting your time. I think this is something you should kind of bring up so you know, so that when this happens, the person kind of is not surprised about it. But will I do it? No, I won't <laughs> because especially if I think you are hot and I really want you. I, I will tell you when. When you do that <laughs> this girl, she said, well, you know when you got to that point where so you're like, I can die for this person, but you're not the Christ. So you don't <laughs> bring it up. Shockingly, it's not even like a real thing. Maybe I will make sure you're on the bed half naked. <laughs> By the way, babes. I'm 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 diagnosed uh, with generalized anxiety and I take medications for it. I thought I told you earlier. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you now. I have anxiety.
2: Yeah. Oh God, this guy, you're not
1: killing me. <laughs> well, but I think when as soon as you're comfortable with the person, mm. as soon as you trust the person, because the truth is, not a lot of people can deal with with
2: this. Of course, you
1: know. So. If you see that oh, this relationship, this guy or this girl is is getting really serious, so okay. I feel you should be able to um, talk about it. Um, because try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm. You would like to know what this person is struggling with. You would like to know, like, you know. So I, I feel once you're comfortable with the person, once you... Um, trust the person enough, and then if you see that, oh, this person is really serious, really cares mm-hmm. about me. Yeah, I
2: feel. Then you should open okay. up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think the next one kind of piggybacks on this because it's like, should you ask your partner about their struggles? So, for example, the patient, the person has told some to same patient. Your partner has told you that, okay, babes, I have a history of anxiety. So, should you ask them what their struggles are? And okay. how you can be mindful of it. So how can you help? For example, my partner says he has anxiety. So should I be asking, okay, so what are your struggles? Tell me more about it and tell me what I can do to be mindful. Do you think it's something that should happen? Or is you being them as yeah. pity, you know?
2: What no, you so
1: so this is a very interesting question. Hmm. And yes, you should, because there's one of the um, recovery interventions we had talked about in school and when, when we are with the um, um, clients, we usually ask them, so when you're at this point, when you're feeling yeah. this way, mm. who are the people you want around you? Yeah. And some of them will say, Oh, I want my wife, or yeah. I want my daughter, or uh, I want my son. And they'll usually ask, What are uh, ways, or what are some things that they say that you don't want to hear? And they'll tell you, They'll be like, Oh, um, I don't want them saying things like snap out of it, or mm. get over yourself, or things like mm. that. And then will ask them, so what can they do that will make you feel better at that point? And a lot of them, they'll say things like, just hold my hand or take me for a walk or make me a cup of tea mm-hmm. or just sit down and listen to me. So, yes, it is It is good because it helps them recover. Because a lot of times we, we humans, especially when you're with somebody that you love, we eh, When the person is in pain or when the person is not feeling too well, you want to help. Of course. You want to help. So you need to know how to help the person. Let's say you're my housemate now, and then you're you're sick, and me, the way I know how to take care of somebody now, I'll go and make pepper soup. Mm -hmm. I will um, uh what I want
2: my housemate to make if I'm sick. You know, I prefer just put it out there
1: (laughs) so. I got to make pepper soup with goat meat and orishi rishi and all those things. But then I find out that, and I'm doing all these things because that's how I feel that, ah, this is how to take care of a sick how person. How I
2: show my yeah. own
0: care, of course. Yeah,
1: but yeah. then I haven't asked you, Jera, what would you like? You might say, just open the window. I want some fresh air. True. You understand? So, it's good to ask if your partner or your friend is struggling with their mental health, it's good to ask, okay, what don't you want me to do? And okay. what, what are some things that I can do that can help you during this process? And another thing is if you see somebody struggling with their uh, mental health, you can also offer um, solutions, you know, but then leave it up to them to make the decision. Sure. So, of so let's, Say somebody is depressed, hasn't been going out, hasn't been eating. And you know this person likes dancing. And maybe you heard about some dance class somewhere. You can say, oh, I heard about a dance class in school or in this club or in this place. Um, is it something you would like to explore with me? Should we go? So you just put it out there and, you know, try to see if they would agree. If they agree, then you can go with them and, you know, just see. So, yeah, it, it is good to ask. It's, it's all part of the recovery process. And, to you it might be something little, but to them it's huge. Because a lot of times these people complain when they go mm-hmm. to the doctors, when they see the psychiatrists, they're like the psychiatrist just tell them do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, do you yeah. know, it's kind of like rules and regulations, but nobody's actually asking them for their I'm opinions.
2: Still, yeah, your own opinion. Yeah. What do you yeah.
0: want? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nobody's asking them, what do you think can help you? You know, they're just telling them all of the textbook. So yeah. I feel I feel you should ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Everything you said is really insightful, makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, the next one is should people with mental health be given a pass by their partners? So for example, now mm-hmm. I'll just paint a scenario for you. Okay. <laughs> Somebody with bipolar now. Right, you yeah. have that they are mania, then they have. Uh, pressure. Pressure. Yeah. So this young man, every time you cheat on her, and you he say, "Oh, babe, you know I have mania," <laughs> so I don't know when that happened. You know, you cheat yeah. on her always. You know, say, "Yeah, babe, boy, you know." Yeah. But this guy is on medication, no? He's yeah. For yeah. his something. <laughs> so do you think he should be given a pass by his partner? Because we know that when they are in mania, most time they are all over the place. So. What do you think? First of all, that's a very good excuse though, <laughs> in case if he was if it was faking, but yes, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think? Should they be given a pass?
2: Oh god, you
1: know, this this question you just asked now, we had a whole day of debating about the the pros and cons of putting a label. To a mental health, to a mental illness. Yeah. You know? So even till today, there's still this argument about should we um, should we place labels on mental illness? Should we make um, diagnosis, You know, and the advantages and the disadvantages and stuff like that. So. One of the disadvantages that the other team came up with was that a lot of times people who have, not a lot of times, let me not say a lot of times because I don't have backup for that, but sometimes people who have mental illness, they blame their behavior on their diagnosis, on their debils, Mm -hmm. instead of owning their behavior. Own your pain.
2: Take it with your
1: chest. (laughs) Own it with your your chest. (laughs) You understand? So you find out that there are some parents who maybe because their child um, suffers from anxiety, mm-hmm. they don't um, allow their child to explore or to try new things. And when you ask them why, they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. she has anxiety, you know, uh, I don't want, you know, th- th- those kind of things. So it's kind of like um, similar. So there are, there are some people who take advantage of the fact that so oh, they have this label or they have this diagnosis, and um they use it as an excuse for their bad behavior. Mm-hmm. But
0: then um, this is very this is very tricky. And he keeps cheating, <laughs> <laughs> so but it's not my fault, baby. No, I have this, right? And so, what do you think the lady should do? Should she like if it it's no, we're not saying that we're saying science is not you, the scientist. <laughs> scientist not you because we know if it's you if it's me we know what we do. <laughs> to do push that like uncle stop using that for excuse move it away you know what you're doing you know what you're doing so stop lying but i'm saying like as a scientist a doctor now yeah and your patients now come mm-hmm. so my girlfriend wants to leave me because i've been doing mm-hmm. this and the girlfriend i said i also want my girlfriend to come and the girlfriend say oh so doctor do you think i should give him a pass because of this thing
1: there are these kind of questions. <laughs> Very deep. It's a deep question. So if I'm the doctor that they got to see best of I'll send you for CBT. Just <laughs> just, just leave me first, but then
0: like. personally I think it's up to them. It's up to two of them. Yeah. Up to the woman. You yourself, you should know your what. You should not <laughs> use. I think if somebody loves you enough. You know, you can't keep using the same thing. Like, if it's a one time thing, we'll say, okay, okay, okay. Even though, okay, we're like, <laughs> but okay, we'll let you be. It happens a second time, we're like, hmm. Mm. Like, we'll let people have entered this matter, but uh-huh. third time, Baba, mm. pack your loads. It's obvious. Be going. Come, be going. <laughs> Come on, be going. Come on, be going. There's no past. I don't think that's why I, I, I was saying earlier people mm. should, I think that's what you kind of said, people should not use it as an excuse you know yeah. there is bad behavior which is clearly bad behavior and there is things that occur because you have that mental illness so yeah. don't use that mental illness to be able to justify your bad behavior that's just it if you keep cheating on somebody and blame them to your mental it's a lie you're just a bad person simple yeah. plain and proper that's <laughs> it now just talk about the lockdown so do you think the lockdown has had an effect on people's relationship
1: i think so yeah It has had effects, too. Like, we see the stats every day over the news. Like, there's increase in domestic violence. Mm -hmm.
0: There's, you know, it's just breakups, everything. Yeah. People were stronger. It's funny, this break, lockdown did either good or bad for some
1: people. Yeah so that's, that, that, that's the thing with life, everything mm-hmm. that happens there's there's the good side, there's the bad side, yeah. so yeah there have been some relationships that some people who have found love again mm-hmm. with their partners because both of them are working from home and then you start seeing your like, wife or your husband in a different light and you're like wow, oh, see this guy yeah. like, so, oh, see
0: this guy is hot So why was I not <laughs> seeing it before, ah, I was about to leave this guy for the streets
1: You know, so there are people like that, but then there are also people who um, leave their their wives who leave home by like 7 in the morning before their husbands wake up and they come home late at night just so that... They don't want to meet with their husbands and oh, interaction. yeah, quarrels or that would lead to fights, eventually lead to domestic violence. But now there's nowhere to go. So both of them are stuck at home. In you the know? house, yeah. So, so yeah, it has affected a lot of relationships. It does put strains on um, relationships, especially people who live in like different cities. So with the restrictions, they can't go see their partners mm-hmm. and... It's
0: just you know, yeah. You can't do some intimacy. Now, we know intimacy is very important. It's quite important, yeah. you know. Exactly. So you can't be only sexting, and you know. You need to do the other. Ah, uh, you know. You well. know? <laughs> My mother should only listen. To this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I totally, I agree. It has done good for some people, but it has even done more bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. um, the the negative part of the lockdown is worse than the positive, positive. fortunately. And yeah, oh well. Do you think the pandemic has led to a rise in mental illnesses?
2: Yes,
1: yes. This one, this one is facts. This one is facts. Everybody. <laughs> this one is facts. Like. So before I came, before I moved down to Brighton, I was in Aberdeen and okay. uh, my supervisor and Aberdeen. his team. Oh cold, cold. Ah. <laughs> hey, guys, Aberdeen, cold. If you are listening to this podcast, Aberdeen is one of the best cities. Is, it, the, is
0: it really <laughs> in this Scotland. UK no. Scotland is the best. <laughs> I don't know, let's get back to it. It's another podcast, we'll so argue that one.
1: Okay. So yeah. So um, So my supervisor and his team just at the start of lockdown, they they were doing a um, research and they were um. It was a qualitative um, research and mm-hmm. they were um. Interviewing people, asking them about um. They were trying to uh, see the correlation between the lockdown and alcohol intake. Mm-hmm. Alcohol intake had increased in the community. Mm-hmm. Why? and it has to do with mental health so people because their mental health was so bad so so poor they were turning to alcohol as a right. temporary coping yeah. mechanism mm-hmm. so so yeah it has and there are numerous studies there's this study i follow it's called UCL covid-19 social study yeah. so this study ha- uh, has been following 90,000 UK citizens since the um, beginning of the um, pandemic. And they've been following these people's mental health um, um, states like through the different waves. And they found out that there was increase in anxiety, increase in depression. And then when the lockdown was eased, mm. there was a reduction in anxiety in depression. But then as the lockdown started again, then everything, yeah, it has gone up. So they have, there are so many studies online and there are different facts. 69% of adults in the UK, they are worried about their future, they are anxious. 49% say they are bored, you know. So the stats are just very alarming. Like, yeah, so yeah, it has, it has had a huge effect.
0: So we are gradually coming to the end. You know, you've dropped a lot of germs for us. You've told us you've dropped gems. Deep deep for us. So um, we just want you now to just give us a bit of tips. So just tell us, give us some tips what you think people could do to improve their mental health, especially during this period. A few tips, just one or two. Me for one, once they leave the lockdown, go and meet your family. Travel. That's it. Reduce alcohol intake. That's <laughs> another that one for me. But what do you think? What do you think? What are some tips you think people, you could tell
1: people? So, um, some tips. Firstly, I think you should just realize that you're not alone.
2: Okay.
1: Like, there are thousands of us that are locked in. Uh-huh. So, I believe that if you can just come to that fact, that come to that realization, that okay, I'm not alone in this. We are so many in this together, that will give you some kind of comfort. Mm. And then another thing is keep a routine. I remember at at the start of the lockdown last year, my friends were sleeping by 7 a.m., waking up by 2 p.m. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that about my, uh, I'm not about that life, you know. So I kept a routine, waking up every morning, I'll walk out, have breakfast, have a shower, arrange my room, do my laundry sit on my table do some work go for a walk in the afternoon come back it also having a routine just gives you this structure in your life
2: yeah
1: and it it will help you not to feel um, I wouldn't want to use the word useless but it will it will give you like a sense of a purpose. Purpose, you know, yeah. You're looking, you're looking for to something to do. Have a have a strict be- bedtime routine, even if you're not doing anything the next day. Have a strict be- bedtime routine. I, I totally agree
0: with the bedtime thing because I have a friend last year that made me start sleeping at 11 p.m. because I'm I'm someone that. I don't sleep till after all. That was how okay. I've always been, right? And I'll still wake up quite early. But I realized that because I have migraines, I realized I stay having, yeah, yes. I mean, the friend who was like, just think about it. Try to sleep one hour earlier than you normally do. And you will see a huge difference. But you will yeah. still wake up at the same time you wake up. And trust mm-hmm. me, I stay sleeping at 11. And that was mm-hmm. a huge change in my life. The moment yeah. I don't sleep at 11, even at some point now, once I start reaching that 11, I'll start feeling sleepy because yeah. that's how I've done, and it's been like a very good routine. So, I totally agree with that sleep on. Very good yeah. routine is very important. Yeah.
2: And yeah. then get outside,
1: get outside in nature. I go for walks every day. Either I go for walks. Right, or you I walk have to... So,
2: you just walk around. Yeah.
1: So, just get out of the house, you know, take a walk or go jogging, go to the park, sit down, look at the skies, look at the trees, just listen to some music. You can take a book if the weather is warm enough. Yeah. But just go out there, exercise, work out, try and work out. Even if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, get the happy moons released in your body and you know, just, just do something. Another uh-huh. thing is to... Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another thing is to um, keep a journal. Keep a I call it a gratitude journal. So I, have that.
0: I have like two of that. I have jo- I journal a lot there. Hmm. Yeah, I do that very well.
1: So if you can write down things that you're grateful for instead of things that you don't have at the moment, don't be thinking, oh, I can't go to the pubs with my friends. So I can't. Okay, you can't go to the pubs with your friends, but then. Do you do you have a housemate that you can talk to? Think about people that that don't have housemates or people who don't have family, you know. So there are some things to be grateful for. Are you grateful for? Do you still have your job? Mm-hmm. People have people have lost their jobs, people have been followed. Do you still have your job? Yeah. Write it out. You know, do you have food? There are people who don't have food yeah. and you have to go to food banks. There are so many NGOs now that have these food bags for people who are not able to afford food during the season. So keep a gratitude journal and it will make you focus on the um, things that you have instead of the things that you lost due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And try and maintain social connection, have a Zoom party with your friends or have a um, Netflix party.
0: You can we a Zoom party. That was how we did our Christmas party. Remember, in December we had a yeah. Zoom party.
1: Yeah, and you know, yeah. it like was fun. It was fun, and it doesn't even have to be a party. Like I meet, I meet with my friends like over Zoom, and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised what a little gossip can do to your
0: friends and your <laughs> <So> normally <laughs> we we'll schedule Zoom we'll be like oh let's just catch up from seven. Mm-hmm. That was when yeah. we said 7. 2 a.m. We're still talking about it. You like, people are still there. Yeah. We're doing their thing, but we're still just saying,
2: babe, this is a cancel.
0: Babe, yeah. have you gone to this lover? <laughs> have you seen what's going on there? You know? <laughs> and everybody's actually, you now bring up, mm, you know now, you know? when we bring up the cancel. That one doesn't say, I say, can you imagine that? So those guys, it doesn't So when you finish that, I think you finish like, ah, Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You out, you but do yeah, I totally agree. That's you do feel
1: refreshed, yeah, and then I think you should, you can have projects, mm-hmm. no matter how little the project is. Maybe declutter, declutter your room yep. or declutter your house. Just have um some a project, and it's going to give you something to look up to, yeah. look forward to. So it gives you this sense of hope. That, okay, tomorrow, this is is where I stopped today. Tomorrow, I'm going to empty the cabinet in the kitchen or I'm going to clean the fridge or, you know, just little things like that around the house. If you're so ambitious, you can learn a skill. My friend started knitting this during this lockdown. You know, she started playing this, What they call this, The small one, ukalulu. be what?
0: Yeah, yukalu, ukalulu, ukalulu, all those. Yeah. <laughs> so she she started
1: playing playing that during the lockdown. But me, I'm not about that life. <laughs> then, if you're academic, there are so many courses on Coursera that yeah, you
0: can Microsoft. Yeah, I did it. So I took a course on well-being on Coursera. Is it Coursera? I don't know. It's being taught by Yale University no. online, and it's free. Like yes. it was a three-week course. I did that. Mm-hmm. Really cool. You can also start something like for me for example i've been wanting to start my podcast i started it during this lockdown i'm yeah. like and i've been enjoying it because i've been yeah. procrastinating but i was like mm-hmm. what am i doing with my time when i'm free well i'm still working but at least yeah. sometimes i just started it to make myself because normally my weekends i'll travel and all because i'm mm-hmm. in no i can't go anywhere can't all of that so I'm making that i'm doing that i'm writing like mm-hmm. I said, I'm doing courses online. Things like mm-hmm. that are really important. And yes, it just give yeah. you a sense of purpose, which is really important.
2: Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. so these are just some um, some tips. I do some of them, not all. But yeah, I find that it really helps. Yeah. Not to say that you wouldn't feel that bit of loneliness. loneliness
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but then it wouldn't be as bad. It wouldn't. Be, it wouldn't have as much impact on your mental health as, as if you didn't have those things around you. If you didn't have those structures.
0: Sophia, oh my God, we've gone so deep. <laughs> you've, you've dropped a lot of gems. You've given us tips. You've given us everything. Um, um. I just want to say thank you for being a part of this. You know, it was so last minute, and you you came through. I think it was because of what I saw online on your page. And that's how I get a lot of my guests. I just see something they've done, i am like, hmm, this person will really have insight into this. And you came, you've dropped, it was supposed to be 20, then it was supposed to be 25 minutes, we are here on 50 minutes. So- are you serious? No, i <laughs> So, so it was fun and I just like, and people will not know, like, I was supposed to say that. we've never met in person. We just started talking like December and you sent me that sexy gown, which my <laughs> tummy, my tummy <laughs> will not let me wear yet. <laughs> but, you make it though, you but make But don't it. worry, we're with it. Like, by the time they open up everywhere, I will wear it. People <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> you stay with trainers. I must wear that gown. Ah, that gown is hot. It's hot, so... Thank you for being a part of this. And I'm sure people have learned a lot of things. And um, she's um, a mental health practitioner. So I think I'll just leave her details down. If you have questions or anything, you can as well just DM her. And, yeah, you know, that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insights with Ivo Jalaf. I hope you learned something because I sure did. In order to miss our future episodes, like and subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. And also follow us on our socials, Insights with Ibo Jello, so you can stay updated on all our content. For now, it's bye from me, and I'll catch up with you on the next episode.